everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. I like to finish things, Lynn, and I feel like I'm closing a circle because quite a few episodes ago, we did an episode on Lanham Riley. And in that episode, I learned how cool his wife Mitzi was. And then when I realized how cool Mitzi was, I realized how super cool her mom, Tad, was too. And we told our listeners that we would do a separate episode on Tad and Mitzi. Here we are. You know, I just have to say, though, before we dive in, what a small circle the horse industry is. Because we did the episode on Lanham Riley, mm-hmm. and then you just mentioned his wife and mother-in-law, and I was just able to sit down with Joe Howard Williamson, and we did an episode on Yellow Mount, the mm-hmm. famous paint horse Icon. and right your model, and Lanham Riley showed Yellow Mount in the roping events. Right. Yeah. It's a small world. And it's fun for us that we can make these connections. It's so rewarding to me. I feel like even though I've been in the horse industry my whole life, I feel like I'm learning so much about this industry, things that I just didn't know. I love this job and I love love the research and and you are such a great researcher, but just being able to connect the dots on all of these people and information and and for our listeners that have the time driving down the road to listen and learn about these people. It is truly, you know, you and I both had successful careers. This is probably the most rewarding thing I have other than motherhood and a happy marriage. (laughs) This is probably one of the most rewarding things I have ever done. Yeah. I, this is, and we're so grateful for each and every download. So that was a tangent. Yes. Okay. But I want to know about Tad now. Okay, so we learned about we learned about Lanham Riley from that 1965 tips from trainers, and then we learned about his awesome wife Mitzi. Well, as I shared, Tad, his mother-in-law, she was the real deal. There was an article that I pulled up by Terry Ledral in 2021 from Western Living Journal called Barbara Tad Lucas, Legendary Star of the Rodeo World. So Tad Lucas was born Barbara Inez Barnes on September 1st of 1902. Her parents' names were Lorenzo and Hannah Barnes. They lived in Cody, Nebraska. Okay, you ready for this? Barbara was the baby of 24 children. What? <laughs> That's a good Catholic family. Whoa. 20. They had 24. 24. Do you realize it's like being pregnant for 25 years in a row? 24. No. I didn't think that was like, I can't even imagine. Possible. I cannot. Good for Barbara. Really? Oh, I just can't even imagine. So, so Barbara was the baby. How did she even come up with a a name after that? I mean, after 15, I'd be like, just start numbering them. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> like cat, like you do with cattle. Yeah. 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 Barbara one, Barbara two. Exactly. Barbara three. So Barbara was the baby of 24 children. Barbara was called Tadpole because she was very small. So the nickname was shorted to Tad, the name that she became known as throughout the rest of her life. So she was born Barbara, but from this point forward, she is Tad. Her family was a pioneer family and she started riding horses literally as soon as she could walk. She reported never having a memory of life before she could ride. As she was growing up, she'd race the other local kids and the Sioux Indians on horseback, and she usually won. She was helping her brothers break colts by the age of seven. This tiny little girl is breaking colts with her brothers. It's just amazing how times change. I know. She became actually good at riding steers too, probably because when she was young, she would ride the calves around the field. She actually won a steer riding contest at the age of 14. I mean, can we take a moment here? Good for her parents for letting her be adventurous. On the other hand, at number 24, were they even paying attention? (laughs) Right? I mean... Yeah, I think they just, I mean, that's the kind of joke, like your first child, you keep it sheltered and protect it. And by the second, third children, you just like go raise yourself. My God, they were on 24. 24. (laughs) My first child has a beautiful baby book. My second child has 50% of some stuff written down. Third child, nothing. I apologize to my children. I've done the same thing. I'm hoping that Facebook remains forever. Yes. Because, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, but think about this. So she was probably raised by her siblings that were older than her. Yeah. And they didn't didn't have that maternal or paternal instinct where they they want to make sure she lived. They just wanted to keep her busy and out of their hair. Maybe they were nicer than us. Perhaps. 24. I can't get over that. 24 kids. But anyway, she took advantage of it. Hey, no one was paying attention to her. Her mother was exhausted, I would imagine. Her dad probably just wanted to stay away. And so she pretty much just... He should have stayed away a little more. (laughs) Like a decade before. (laughs) Anyway, she loved the life that she had. In the early 1900s, rodeos and Wild West shows were popular. And one such show came to Cody, Nebraska, where Tad was growing up. Of course, this is what Tad had been doing as a child, her whole life, rodeoing and wild westerning. So she was enamored by this show that came to town. Shortly after that, she moved to Texas with one of her brothers and joined a group called California Frank Hadley's Wild West Show. There she met a troop of Cossack trick riders. So the Cossacks and and I got this from a website called Russia Beyond. The Cossacks guarded the border areas of the Russian Empire for centuries. The Cossacks were, and I quote this from the Russia Beyond website, the perfect warriors, excellent horsemen who wielded a saber with great skill. Today, their abilities are not needed in battle, but they have preserved their warrior traditions and some have even taken root in the U.S. The website goes on to explain that Cossacks are known for exceptional trick horseback riding, also known as Jigatavaka. Oh, and so we have no idea if you pronounce it no. correctly or not. And I'm holding my mouth open. Jigatavaka. Great. Great job. Thank you. Um, anybody that speaks Russian, please let us know if she pronounced that correctly. I'm sure I didn't. The purpose of Jigatavaka. We may have Russian. We may I have know. Russian listeners. 
Jiggy We do have international listeners, by the way. Jiggy Tavaka. We're going to go with that. Jigitavaka. Okay, let's move along. Okay. The purpose of Jigitavaka is to do breathtaking tricks while the horse runs at full speed. The horseman stands upright on a galloping horse, hangs upside down off the horse's side, jumps on and off a galloping horse, and other dazzling feats. It was explained that these horseback riding skills were not for fun, but actually widely used by Cossacks in battle. The Cossack troop trained Tad in the art of trick riding. So therefore, she was truly trained by the best of the best. She was clearly fearless. While a trick rider in training, Tad eventually moved to competing in rodeos. She was on the rodeo circuit full time as a 20-year-old. This was 1922. She had a lot of wins on the rodeo circuit across the country from Kansas to Texas. Before long, she now was with Tex Austin's Wild West show. These Wild West shows were still widely popular, even becoming the desired form of entertainment in the larger cities on the eastern seaboard. It seems that Tad just kind of went with the flow and embraced this lifestyle. I mean, she literally... She was like, oh, I think I'll go do this, or I think I will. I mean, and it seems like I'm simplifying it, but she clearly had, she was fearless. Eventually, with Tex Austin's group, she ended up in New York City at Madison Square Garden for another competition. This one was called Tex Austin's 1922 World's Championship Cowboy Contest. The contests there were bareback bronc riding, fancy roping, Cowgirls bronc riding, calf roping, cowgirls trick riding, cowboys bronc riding with saddle, bronc riding continued, cowboys trick and fancy riding, steer riding, and wild horse race. Okay, I'm impressed. And I have to tell you, so my husband, as we've talked about several times, is obsessed with the cowboy channel. Oh, yeah. And on the Cowboy Channel, like typically if you're watching a rodeo, they really only show like the events. Mm-hmm. But on the Cowboy Channel, they show like in between when they're setting up for the bull riding, there's like this time that they need to kill during mm-hmm. the event. And so it's trick riders. Oh, right. And so I have been able to see a lot of trick riding during the summer run of 100 days of rodeo because every rodeo that's on every day – at my house, <laughs> along with all of the events, the trick riding is shown. That's some scary stuff. It is. They are absolutely fearless. It's just some scary stuff. Yeah, absolutely fearless riders and well-trained horses. And they are on the road just like the rodeo cowboys. I mean, yeah. they're going from event to event to event. I mean, just, I mean, they'll they'll compete in a rodeo in one city and they're down the road to the next. So they travel just as much as our rodeo athletes. And, you know, and we're talking, this is the 1920s, the early 1920s. We're now in 2022. That's a hundred years ago. So if you think about society, women just didn't do that. I'd be interested to see her costumes. Did you see any of the costumes that she wore when she was doing her trick riding? Oh yeah, uh, there I got. I, there's a lot of pictures. And actually, are they conservative? Yes, yes, yes. They're conservative, fluffy, and yes, they're, okay. they're yeah, they're very conservative. When this episode launches, well, I'll dig those up and put them. At, in the hip vip so that our listeners in our VIP area can look at them. Make sure you join the hip vip. Join the hip vip. So when, when Tad went to this competition, 
it was a major event at Madison Square Garden. Of that list of competitions that I named, Tad won second in the Cowgirls Bronc Riding, and then she won third in the Best Dressed Cowgirl Contest. It was about that time that Tex Austin decided to take a group of these performers, a select group, on an international trip to London. He naturally asked Tad to go. Obviously, she was talented and she was a crowd pleaser. Also in the group was a professional rodeo rider named Buck Lewis. Tad and Buck married on May 23rd, 1924, while in New York City, awaiting departure to London. I love that. Their honeymoon was the voyage to London aboard the ship called the Menominee. We are sponsored by Purple Power Equine. Looking to add performance, power, and balanced nutrition? Purple Power Equine has many products that will become essential in preparing your equine athlete for performance. Whether you need to help gut and hoof health or add weight, body, and dimension, Purple Power Equine can help bring success to your equine athlete. Gastro Power, Power Up. Hoof Power, Power Punch, Emergency Power, visit purplepowerequine.com or on Facebook at Purple Power Equine. The newlyweds, along with the rest of the crew, competed in Wembley Stadium in London in the event called the British Empire Exposition Rodeo. Of course, Tad got to show off her spectacular skills as a trick rider, and her husband, Buck, won the steer wrestling competition. He was named world champion steer wrestler. The story goes that some of the people in attendance at that event were the Prince of Wales and the Queen of Spain. So it was kind of, it was a big deal. I mean, this was a case where the Americans were bringing the Wild West to Europe. So she was clearly a star. On returning from their trip to England, Tad and Buck began construction of their Fort Worth home where they would plant their roots. Tad continued to be a trick rider and eventually becoming an American Western legend. She was a successful bronc rider, but trick riding was her signature event. That's really where, and I'm not sure if it was because, it's almost like there there are, and I'm guessing more bronc riders than there are trick riders in the world. So actually I'm finding this part fascinating mm-hmm. because in the modern day rodeo, like PRCA, professional mm-hmm. rodeo, Cowboys Association rodeo, there's no women's bronc riding. Oh, right. We're going to get to that. Madison Square Garden continued to be a draw for Tad, and she won the trick riding competition in 1925 and 26. And then again in 1928, 1929, 1930, 1931, and 1932. I just have to imagine that she just, her fearlessness, just, there was just nobody that could touch it. Yeah. She was the queen, right? I mean, she ruled that. The article in Western Living Journal shared that the most prestigious award of the day was the Metro Goldwyn Meyer $10,000 silver trophy awarded for the all around cowgirl of the Madison Square Garden event. Today, that $10,000 award would be about $215,000. MGM sponsored the trophy. And actually, I find this really interesting because I'm like, what, why would MGM sponsor a cowgirl award. Well, if you think about it, it was the time when 
Westerns and the Wild West where movies were being made. And so they really wanted to promote that lifestyle and that fascination with the Old West. And also giving that much money for an award also it gave them credibility. You know, the, the, the Bronc riders and the trick riders, it gave them credibility. They had a lot of value. This, eventually then encourage patrons to go to the movie theaters and watch the movies. So MGM sponsored the trophy and it was quoted as saying that the trophy was a tribute to the charm and courage of Western womanhood. Now, Tad won this MGM trophy three times, after which it was retired permanently in her name. One of the original silver MGM trophies won by another woman early on, that was actually still on display at the National Rodeo Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City. So from the time she was 18 years old and the time she was 40, Tad won every major award in women's rodeo and trick riding that there was. This lifestyle, though, as we talked about, was not without risk for Tad and her colleagues. Tad would hang in the upside down position and perform a series of drags, the cossack, the back, and the fender as she trailed one or both of her hands through the dirt of the arena as she was like laying off the back of her being draped over a running horse. It's my biggest fear. I know. <laughs> if we do that, it's not. That's, what, right. That's why you never wear tennis shoes when you ride a horse. You wear something no. with a heel so your foot doesn't slip through so you don't get drug around in that caustic. She, she did it on purpose. A crowd favorite that Tad did was her under the belly crawl and the hippodrome stand that she used to leave the arena standing tall in the saddle, back arched and arms raised far above her head. Can we go back to the under the belly crawl? How does that even, how can you even do that with a running horse? I saw my friend Susie Barney do that underneath my pony one time <laughs> Not <laughs> when on the purpose. saddle came undone <laughs> and the saddle was underneath. It was kind of like a crawl as she clung to the belly of the running she pony. She was a trick rider. I'm so sorry, Susie. <laughs> Tad got hurt. Her peers got hurt. In fact, one of Tad's peers was pronounced dead in the arena, but she wasn't dead. She apparently just got knocked out. These girls got beat up. We saw, so on the Cowboy Channel mm -hmm. the other day, we saw a rider come off of her mount. Mm -hmm. It was like one of those where like there was two horses next together and she was like straddling them oh. and something went wrong and she hit the dirt in front of thousands oh. of people. Like I felt bad for her. I mean, yeah. she kind of she got up and got back on and finished her thing and waved and got a standing ovation as she went out. But I mean, accidents happen. So Tad lived this full and crazy life decade after decade. Her daughter Mitzi was born in 1934 when Tad was 32 years old. I wonder if she took a break from trick riding while she was pregnant, or if she just oh. kept on rolling. I, what I would think after reading about her, I'm she probably just kept right on going. I mean, I don't think she considered herself a fragile wallflower. Nah. You know, she was, no. she, she was a tough lady, tough lady. The article shared that baby Mitzi was a tad herself, weighing only two and a half pounds at birth. Her first bed, literally Mitzi's first bed, as the story goes, was a cotton lined shoebox and Tad used to carry her daughter around their ranch arena on horseback in the brim of her hat. I can't even imagine. What a tiny little thing. <laughs> and how unsafe is that? How unsafe is that? 
Tad introduced Mitzi to the arena at the age of five months. By the time she was six, Mitzi was also an accomplished trick rider. Actually, this came in handy because as mentioned before, you know, Tad and her peers would get hurt and Tad fell victim to an injury when Mitzi was about six years old. Tad had won the champion all around cowgirl at the Chicago World's Fair, but not before crushing her arm in the process. Tad was in a cast for three years. Mitzi, because her mother was in a cast for three years, was then called upon as a young child to fulfill the contracts for prominent shows in place of her injured mother. But then after those three years in a cast, Tad was back in the Her arm was completely misshapen and it (laughs) no longer bent. I mean, there's some malpractice there. You know, I'm thinking... You probably don't watch Stranger Things on Netflix, but those of you who watch Stranger Things on Netflix, I'm thinking of season four, and that'll that'll ring true for you guys. But yeah, her arm, three years in a cast. But when that was done, Tad was back in the saddle again. When Tad was able to perform again, mother and daughter became an act for the years to come after that. And we are going to talk about Mitzi because this is a lot of where Mitzi's career took off, but Mitzi really deserves her own episode as well. So I'm just going to put that carrot out there, but we're going to finish talking about Tad. So Mitzi and Tad as a mother-daughter duo started performing as well, but Rodeo was changing. And I think this is where what you said earlier comes into play. According to Lon Taylor in a 2015 article in Texas Monthly called The Cowgirl Way, the structure of the professional rodeo world underwent significant changes in the early 40s, which brought about the end of cowgirl participation in the major rodeos. According to the University of Texas sports historian Mary Lou Lacompte, who researched the careers of more than 600 former cowgirls of her for her book Cowgirls of the Rodeo, which, by the way, I bought. The primary cause of this was the domination of professional rodeo by Gene Autry, who took over the Boston Garden and Madison Square Garden rodeos in 1942 and also produced rodeos in Houston, L.A., Toronto, and Shreveport, Louisiana. Autry's rodeos had no place for cowgirl contestants. Oh, that's disappointing. They were pageants in which he was the star, and women played peripheral roles in parades, horseback square dances, and beauty contests. I'm disappointed to learn that. But this is where Tag kind of turns into a, a game changer, a pioneer. She committed her life to women's rodeo sports. When women's events were removed from rodeo in the 40s, Tad was a part of a group who formed the Girls Rodeo Association, or the GPA. The GPA was later renamed the Women's Professional Rodeo Association, or what we now know as the WPRA. And this was, and this is amazing to me, this was the very first professional sports association created by women for women. According to the WPRA website, this association started with a group of women from Texas. The women wanted to add, and I quote, a little color and femininity to the rough and tumble sport of rodeo. These 38 women met in a hotel in San Angelo, Texas on February 28th of 1948 to change the way they were being treated in the male-dominated world of rodeo. These women banded together to create the very first association, which we just talked about. 
At the age of 62, Tad rode her last bronc, and her involvement in rodeo took on new direction. She was the founder of the Rodeo Historical Society, which she served as president and director. In 1967, she was the first woman elected to the National Rodeo Hall of Fame. She was elected to the National Cowgirl Hall of Fame in 1978 and the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in 1979. She was the only person to be honored by all three Rodeo Hall of Fames. Tad died on February 23rd in 1990. She was 87 years old. She is buried in Shannon Rose Hill Memorial Park in Fort Worth. But her memory lives on in an award that she established in her will. The award is called the Tad Lucas Memorial Award. Her daughter Mitzi made sure that her mother's wishes were realized. And actually, this award, I looked it up, this is a very active and very prestigious award, so I'm super proud of the fact that it has carried on. The award was designed to honor women who excel in any field related to the Western heritage. Tad was a woman of not only great talent, but of spirit, courage, and compassion. It is said that the Tad Lucas Award is awarded to women who have exhibited the same sort of extraordinary characteristics while upholding and promoting great Western heritage. In 2017, a children's book called Tad Lucas Trick Riding Rodeo Girl written by Laura Edge, was released. It was illustrated by Stephanie Ford, and it was published by Pelican Books. I also bought that one. I can't believe I don't know about Tad, and I'm so proud that we told this story. I am shocked at how incredibly accomplished this woman was, how brave and worldly and talented and I'd never heard of her before. Well, right. And I mean, not only was she athletic and, and performed, but I mean, obviously a, a businesswoman and entrepreneur to go ahead and, and found that association and visionary. Spot, yeah, absolutely. Courageous visionary. I mean, there are so many adjectives I could use in talking about her. And like you said, I'm so proud that we can introduce her to our listeners and keep her legacy going. You know, and it's like when we did the Lanham Riley, we had no idea that Lanham Riley would lead us down this rabbit hole. Zero. I love it. Yeah. And I thought you were going to do Mitzi. And here we did Tad. We did Tad. And Mitzi's coming up. As you can see, Tad needed her own episode. Yeah. When you told me that, I'm like, hmm, okay. But she absolutely, absolutely. deserves her own. In fact, like, I feel like we should have t-shirts. Yeah. Tad. She needs to be remembered. Like She, she does. needs to be immortalized. In she the, does. And the in the rodeo horse industry. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I mean, she's obviously been recognized in many hall of fames and she's, she's famous for that. But as the years go on, I don't think people understand truly how special and accomplished she was. Yeah. And I imagine that in the rodeo circle, she's probably more of a household name yeah. than in our industry and in, yeah. the, in the pleasure horse industry or even in the cutting industry. I had not heard of her. But I, just even so, as a woman, I mean, yes. just, I mean, setting aside the horse part of it, but just as an accomplished woman a hundred years ago, what a trailblazer. Yeah. Great job. I love this story. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.